Good morning. So good to see you. I'm glad you chose to be with us today. I'm excited to see what God does in our midst as we've all decided to gather together as he's asked us to, and he does amazing things in these settings. We are in Mastermind, and this is part two. I want to start with a story. It's an old story. Uh, It's not an authoritative story. It's just a story that's been passed along for a long time. It's a story about three men who each were carrying two sacks. And so you have to use your imagination and think ancient, so imagine whatever ancient sack might look like where one sack is looped around a neck and hanging in the front, and one sack, maybe you're more like a backpack style, hanging in the back. person asked the first man who's got these two sacks, what's in your sack? And he says, well, the sack on my back is filled with all those good things that people have spoken into my life and given to me, and, and uh, I just kind of carry it on my back wherever I go. Well, what's in the front sack? He says, well, the front sack is all the bad stuff that uh, happened in my life, and as I go, what do you do with that? Well, honestly, I often stop and pull out the things that are in the bad sack and ponder it and look at it and try to figure things out, and I put it back in the sack. Well, the observation is that he doesn't make a whole lot of progress in life as he keeps stopping and pondering the bad stuff in his sack. The second man who's got the two sacks, somebody says, what's in your sack? And he says, well, the uh, front sack is all the good stuff that's in my life. It's, it's the things that I've accomplished, the things that I've done. It's the things that I'm, I'm proud of, and, and I love to just pull these out and focus on, wow, I've done this, and I've done that, and I love to share with others as well. And, well, then what's, what's in the back sack? He says, well, I hate to admit it, but that's all the stuff that I, my mistakes, the problems, the things that I've done wrong, and I did just, it's just kind of there, and I can't really figure out how to let it go, and it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. And the observation of the gentleman is that he's making slow progress because he's carrying such a load. The third guy, he asks, what's in your sack? And the guy says, this one right here? He says, yes, it's huge. He says, I know, isn't it great? I carry all the good blessings that God has given me and all the blessings that people have blessed me with. And it's, it's just so wonderful. Isn't it heavy? Not at all. It's like a, a sail on a ship and it just carries me forward in my journey. Really? Wow. Well, what's in the sack in your back? He says, nothing. Well, nothing's in the sack in your back? Yeah, no, nothing at all. I just cut a hole in the bottom. Every time I have a bad thought or bad things happen, I just stick in the back sack and it just disappears. And I just sail along. So really, this story of carrying two sacks is not really about carrying two sacks. We're in part two of Mastermind, training your mind. We all have trained patterns, trained ways of thinking in terms of how we approach life. And we're like those men or something along that line. Now, what we discovered last week is that the training practices of the mind are a lot more scientific than we realize. I mean, those of you who are here, do you remember the big word that I shared last week? Anybody can say it out loud? Neuroplasticity. Wow, that's a whole new thing. That's just a 20 years old or so that they're discovering that the mind actually creates pathways when you're thinking a thought and those pathways become mental habits and that if they're bad habits, you want to deconstruct them, you can with your mind. You can actually deconstruct a brain pathway with just your 
mind thought. That's what science is now saying. But that shouldn't surprise us that science is constantly catching up to the marvelous creativity of our God. When you think about it, isn't that true of all of the training practices, even of the body, that science keeps catching up with training practices of the body? I believe that's why the human body is still breaking world records all the time, because there's now training methods that are better now than they ever used to be, and science that backs it, and repetitive patterns, and not too many repetitive patterns that are actually damaging, but the right kind of science to back up what to do with your body to break bodily records. Well, our brain is part of our body. Our mind is something that can direct and train our brain. So that's where we've been. It's been a fabulous time together so far, and I can't wait to get further into this session, which is about training your mind. And we're using ancient theology, which has got it all together for thousands of years that science is now catching up to, and we're going, oh my, and seeing how it works together to renew our minds, train our brains, and let go of some things that have been holding us back. Change your thoughts, change your life. Here's a review, just a couple of statements. Your life is always moving in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So you can picture the sack and where your strongest thoughts are. If your strongest thoughts are in the positive, they just like the sail that pulls you forward. If your strongest thoughts are in the negative, it's just going to weigh you down and slow you down to no progress. A review from last week. Here's a review. God's word and science agree. We can train our minds. And secondly, we can deconstruct harmful thought patterns and replace them. Now, like we said last week, I'll say it again, it's a training process and there's nothing easy about it. When you have a deeply entrenched pathway of thought that's literally reinforced in your brain, you have to work at, with your mind, deconstructing that as you're establishing new pathways. So the dynamic of that intro video is so very vivid and so very real. You're literally learning how to unplug the old pathway and plug in from a new source to create a new pathway of thinking and a new life habit and pattern. So we're going to talk through some very practical steps today to think that through and how does this work and how do you, if it's hard work, it's hard discipline, how, what does that look like? And this again is kind of introductory, but I'm going to just like a fire hose, give you a lot and even leave you with handouts, a lot more that I can give you uh, than I can in the minutes we have. So step number one is point number one. You need to think about what you think about, which is amazing that you can even do that. You can think about what you think about and think about it from this perspective. You can think about that perspective. You can change what you think about, and that's what we're thinking about. All right? So how do you do that? How do you think about what you think about and change what you think about? A, on your outline, use God's filter. Use God's filter. So just like that very vivid intro video, you're going to need to use a filter. David already introduced the passage. I'm going to read it from a different uh, translation here. On the screen, uh, read it with me. Philippians 4, 8 reads. And would you help us out by, on the bold underlined stuff, would you just say it out loud with me as I read it? As I read it ready? Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable 
and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Ready? Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So we're literally going to train our minds to fix our thoughts, rivet it on this, and stop riveting on that. To, to have the good sack and rivet it on what blessings that God has done and literally cut the hole in the bad sack. We have that bad thought, go ahead, tuck it away to drop it. Say, I don't need to hang on to that. I'm just going to drop that thought. What I'm going to do with the mind is think about this thought and train our brains in that way. So it's a filter that God has given us. And I want us to reflect on this thought. Whatever you are streaming in your thought life will become your life movie. Whatever you are streaming in your thought life will become your life movie. Now, some of us don't act like high-speed internet. There's buffering, buffering, buffering. And we are streaming all this stuff, and we aren't actually regurgitating the stuff right away, but believe me, it's going to come. And it'll be your life movie if you aren't filtering. Okay? And so we literally need to stop, unplug from those things which are not good, excellent, worthy, honorable, and knock it off because it will color your life in your life movie if you keep it up streaming the wrong stuff. Point number B. So now we need to store the right stuff. We looked at this um, last week also. But repetition is part of this training practice, so here we go. These are Jesus' words, Luke 6, 45. A good man brings good things out of the good, help me out here, stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil, help me here, stored up in his heart. So whatever you're streaming and storing up is what is going to be your life movie? Jesus said it, but not in modern terms the way I just did about streaming. You talk about storing. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Now, so if you have a very hmm, off-colored junk coming into your life, you're going to speak off-coloredly. In our culture, it has almost become vogue to color your speech. And so much so that most people don't think anything of it because it's on everything that we stream into our lives. From the perspective of God, that curse speaking is showing you where your fountain is. The fountain that is good ought not to curse. So if you have a pattern, you've got this brain pattern that you've ingrained in the pathway that just comes out with what's stored up. That's just speaking. Now let's go way beyond that. Let's talk about life. The way you think, the habits you create, the reactions you have, the shortness of fuse, everything has to do with what you're storing in your life. And Jesus says, if you're storing the good things out of the good things that you're storing, good will come out of your life, not just in your mouth, but in your life. Change your thoughts, store better thoughts, and you're going to change your life and experience a better life movie. Psalm 119.11 reads, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I have hidden. So it even describes to you in that storing process, it isn't just study and read 
and go to church and go to small group and hear it now and again. No, you literally store it up inside to where it's hidden there. You don't need a page to read it off of because it's now tucked away. God's thinking has become your own thinking hidden away there for others to see when you can speak it because you've taken the training practice to make it yours, to be able to say it. And this is actually an ancient training practice given to us in the Bible. In Psalm 119, 15 through 16, we read this, I meditate on your precepts. Let me try that again. Help me out with the bold underline. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. So if you want to shape your life, if you want to experience a life that's filled with joy, filled with the full measure of joy, Jesus prayed for that for you, by the way. Jesus prayed that you would have experiencing the fullness of life, the full measure of joy, and he's teaching us how to do this, and it is hard work. You can't just go willy-nilly, let your mind think whatever it's going to think, randomly, just let it go whichever way it's going to go. It just synapses, fire off wherever you go. No, no, no. Take control. Self-control is God control. The Spirit of God helps you with this, but you've got to apply your discipline. There's his part and your part. And so you're meditating. Now, I want to talk about meditation briefly so you, we understand what it is and what it is not. So meditation, to engage in mental exercise, to focus one's thoughts on God's truth. That's the biblical definition of meditation. There is a counterfeit meditation out there that pagan uh, religions will employ that Jesus forbid. Jesus forbid the babbling and repetition of thought to empty your mind. It's not the practice of emptying one's mind to achieve an altered state of consciousness. That is an Eastern pagan way of meditating. The Bible is very clear that our meditation is to be fixing our mind on the objective, focused truth that God has given us to let God's truth enter into our hearts and direct our minds. There's a counterfeit spirituality. It's designed to numb your brain, cut it off, empty your mind so that you'll be spiritually open to whatever spiritual channeling might take place and Believe me, you don't want to channel those spirits. You want to only channel the Holy Spirit of God, and the way you do that is to think God's thoughts and allow God's thoughts to become part of your thoughts, and the Spirit now has all kinds of tools in your tool bag to bring up to your mind to shape your life. So don't go for the counterfeit. Go for the divinely powerful meditation practices that the Scripture speaks very clearly about. Romans 12.2 reads, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the what? Renewing of the mind. And so the whole thing we learn from science, that you literally can transform your brain by directing your thoughts, is really cool. Because it means our thoughts are not directly related to our brain activity. We can undo brain activity and make new thought patterns with our minds, and we can renew our minds and our brains if we'll do what Paul is describing here. So how does this take place? See on your outline, demolish the wrong stuff. So these are just step-by-step -step practices to train your brain and renew your 
mind. Change your thoughts, you'll change your life. 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5 reads, The weapons we fight with, we already heard this this morning, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, here we go, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. This is hard work. So you're plugging into the right stuff, unplugging the wrong stuff, and when you see that, when you think about what you think about, you have to identify, whoa, I shouldn't be thinking about that. And now you take captive that thought, wrestle it down to obedience to Christ, and how do you do that? We're going to go into that in a moment as we keep going. Now, before we move on, I want to talk about these strongholds, these fortresses. They're fortresses or strongholds that have a stronghold on you. They're negative. They're part of the dark purposes of a kingdom of darkness that is actually led by and empowered by a dark force. Now, I'm going to put on a Greek word on the screen that shows up a lot of times, diabolos, which is directly, it's accuser. It's used 34 times as a title for Satan in the Bible. It's translated the devil because it's, the English word is derived directly from the Greek word diabolos or devil. Okay? Devil. Now, the devil does insert and use all kinds of means to do this, other people, media, etc., etc., but he can just whisper it into you too. So every thought you think, don't necessarily think you just thought of it. You can reject a bad thought. Now, here's a point again that I talked about last week. It doesn't really matter where a bad thought comes from. It doesn't matter if it's from the devil. It doesn't matter if it's from a movie. It doesn't matter if you just thought of it. If it's a wrong thought, wrestle it down and apply the divinely powerful instrument to take it away and take it out and deconstruct it and have a healthy thought pattern, which will create a healthy life. The devil is an accuser. Just to get at this a little bit, and there's so many ways to get at this, I'm going to put up several examples of the devil's lie, the accuser's lie, and God's truth and how to deal with that. So the devil's lie, your identity comes from what you have done. God's truth, your identity comes from what God has done for you. Our deep down identity is from God. Okay? The devil's going to say, this is who you are because this is what you do. And this is the label that you ought to live with now because this is who you are, because this is what you've done, adulterer, murderer, or whatever label he uses. First, he'll tempt you to do the very thing that you're trying to resist. Then when you fail in the thing that he's trying to tempt you for, now he accuses you of doing it and labels you and, think, and tries to make you think, this is who I am, I can't help it. And so he's an accuser. Here's another lie, the devil's lie. Your identity comes from what people say about you. No, God's truth is your identity comes from what God says about you. And now I'm going to hand a handout out. I've, I've talked to just one uh, greeter. Um, so the greeters uh, at the end, I've got a stack of handouts that just going to give us some God's truth for a lot of different areas. So we have some tools in our pause when we leave today to apply God's truth to some of these accusers' efforts to put strongholds in our brains and in our psyche and who we think we are. Here's another example, the devil's lie. Your behavior tells you what to believe about yourself. God's truth, your belief about yourself determines your behavior. 
So you can see why it's very, very important not to receive and accept what the devil accuses you of and say, that's just who I am, I can't help it, just love me the way I am because I can't help it. Well, now you're accepting the wrong label and holding yourself off the hook. You can just excuse yourself all you want. I can't help it, but the truth is you can with divinely powerful weapons to deconstruct all those lies. And so this is really, really important stuff we're working with. So that's all point number one. Think about what you think about. Here's point number two. Now you need to rewire your brain and body. Rewire your brain and body. So um, let's just move forward because we're running out of time here. A on your outline. Write the wrong thought. Now, I spelled that the way I wanted to spell it. Not R-I-G-H-T. W-R-I-T-E. Use a pen or a pencil or iPad and an Apple pencil. Whatever you use. And write the wrong thought and confess that lie. So when something's floating through your brain about who you think you are or those accusing thoughts that come into your brain like, I'm a horrid person because I did this and I can't believe I keep doing this. I'm such a horrid person. Write it out. That's the lie. Confess it as a lie rather than accepting it as the truth. It doesn't really matter where that thought came from. You may be thinking that's your thought. You may think that's your assessment. You may think that that's who you are. No, you're going to take the word of God now and deconstruct that to a healthier place of thinking and a healthier place of living to be able to reroute that pathway in your brain so you can be free of that kind of thought. So B on your outline is rewrite. Rewrite it to make it the right thought, affirm the truth. So you take the lie, and now you've got to find the scripture, and I'm going to give you the handout to help you in a lot of areas, but they're not, it's not exhaustive. Find the scripture that rewrites who you are in Christ, that I'm loved, I'm secure, I'm complete, I'm forgiven in Christ, and all these scriptures that go with that, and rewrite the truth and affirm that truth so that you can rewrite the thought path and rewire your brain and body to follow suit with the truth. Now, here's the one that was a surprise to me as I I entered into this study. See on your outline, I'm going to say it this way, audible your faith affirmations. Make audible your faith affirmations. Now, what's amazing about this is that I did a study on the word meditation, meditate in the Hebrew scriptures. And it's fascinating to me what I discovered. So on the screen is what is just a real short statement of what I discovered. There's a whole bunch of pages and pages and pages on this that I sorted through. Making your faith thoughts audible is part of the training practice built into the Hebrew word for meditation. It's built into the very word. The word meditation doesn't mean silently think. The word meditation is the repetitive process of thinking and thinking and chewing on this and chewing on this, but it is not silent. Built into the word is it's under your breath, it's, it's quiet, it might be loud, but it's repetitive and you're saying it again because there's something about saying it out loud that's powerfully imprinting upon you. So that's why even today I'm asking you, say this out loud, say this out loud. It's doing something more than when you just see it on the screen. And that's a powerful concept. 
I didn't realize this, but I've been doing this for years and years and years. Just because somebody else in a long time ago said, when you're praying for somebody, you're praying for spiritual things to happen, keep your eyes open and speak it out loud. And they said, when you're praying spiritual warfare, you need to just not pray it in your head, speak it out loud. Let those cockroaches, those powers of darkness have to hear the truth about Jesus Christ and back off. And so I've been for years and years in my prayer time, even when it's just me and God, I don't pray silently. Uh, just so I don't wake everybody up, I pray quietly. <laughs> but under my breath, I audibleize, and I'm encouraging you to consider the same in these practices. So write the wrong stuff, rewrite it so that's the right stuff, and then audibleize it every day until you've created that new pathway. Science is now telling us it's going to be 21 days of intensive work to create a new pathway in your brain. That's what science is saying. So at least take it 21 days. Don't go, this isn't working after four or five days. I happened to be in a one-year, nine-month period of time where I've been saying my positive affirmation faith statements along with my prayers, particularly one that is just reshaping me. It's remaking me. It's like I've never had this kind of powerful thing. I'm going deeper and deeper and deeper through this kind of process. I'm encouraging you to consider that for yourself. Now, just so you don't think I'm just basing all of that on one word definition, here we go with Joshua 1.8 reads this way. Keep this book of the law, ready, say this with me, always on your lips, meditate on it day and night. So you have the audibleization with the concept of med meditation, it's linked together in concept and in practice, Okay? so that you may be careful to do everything written on it, then you will be prosperous and successful. Psalm 19.14 says, may these words of my mouth, okay, say it with me again, may these words of my mouth and this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. So bring these two together in your daily time with God. Don't just do it quietly. We used to call this quiet time. Let's bring some audible to it and see what this does over the next 21 days. And maybe you'll rewire just one thing, then do another one 20-day cycle. I'm trying to work on a bunch of things at once, and so it's a year, nine months, and I'm seeing a lot of joy there and fruit there. But I want you to practice some of these behaviors. Now, we need to take it to D, practice new behavior projects. So you've written the negative You've rewritten it so it's positive. You're audibleizing it over and over. And now you're going to ask God to show you how to step out in life in this new practice. And you make projects where you're literally in that period of 21 days working on saying positive things to people, stopping the negative jargon, saying this, whatever it is that you're working on to repattern your mind, to renew your mind. All right, so right now will be a good time for the greeters to go out and get ready to hand the handouts out. A reminder that there is on your outline a seven-day study, a devotional reading for seven days. So if you haven't already completed it the last week, I encourage you to keep working on it or start it this week. We want everybody to go through that seven-day study uh, over this series. We're going to finish with this prayer. Let me read it out loud first for you. Dear God, we need your help. It's not easy changing the way we think. And we can't do it without your power. <coughs> Holy Spirit, give us the strength to speak God's word to the lies and negative thinking in our brains. Jesus, 
Thank you for your grace that heals and restores us as we seek you. In your name, amen. Let's stand together and let's make that audible, shall we? If that's something you're willing to say out loud because you want that for your life, I hope that you'll take the hand out, begin to look at which truths you need to take to heart, which negative thing that's a stronghold you're going to start to attack in an intensive 21-day period. I hope you'll join us in that. Let's say this prayer together. Ready? Dear God, we need your help. It's not easy changing the way we think, and we can't do it without your power. Holy Spirit, give us the strength to speak God's word to the lies and negative thinking in our brains. Jesus, Thank you for your grace that heals and restores us as we seek you in your name. Amen. Amen? we got a prayer team to the right of the stage. If you're carrying a burden of any kind, would like somebody to help lift that load, make it lighter, they'd be happy to pray for you. I hope to see you for the third installment of Mastermind next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.